How's it going, everybody? My name's Davey. This is the Give Him Hell podcast. Thank you so much for everybody that listened to my interview with my twin brother last week. I know it was a really, really long episode, uh, especially like for the time frame that I like try to maintain in this point in time, like with what I'm doing. Like I'm not trying to waste anybody's day. I'm not trying to waste anybody's time. Uh, I just want to get some few things out there and maybe entertain you for a little bit. A little bit. I know last week was a really long episode, and to anybody that listened to it, thank you so much. Like. I was really happy with the audio quality. I didn't love uh, that the way that I tried to record didn't allow me to do uh, the normal background music that I do. Uh, so this week I'm going back to my normal style of recording until I can figure out like how to like turn down stuff and you know figure out a few other things. But uh, thank you for your patience on that. And I really, really hope that you enjoyed uh, the interview with my twin brother and me talking about Lower Class Brass, the new sedition Aries. Uh, like I said uh, last week, this week, we're going down to Memphis. We're talking about a band called Lucero, and we're going to be talking about 1372 Overton Park. Uh, before we get to that, though, just a couple housekeeping things. Oh my god, it has been, it has been a fucking week. Like, just, like, maybe not so much singles. Like, as far as, like, singles and albums and stuff like that, like, uh, really the only things that I have on, like, my map are uh, the Suicide Machines uh, from Detroit and Brian Fallon from the Gaslight Anthem. Uh, both dropped new singles for their upcoming albums today. And uh, they're both both those songs are dope. Like, they're absolutely fantastic. Uh, but more so over, it's just, like, bands are ramping up for their spring tours. And there's some really, really, really good tours coming up. Uh, I recorded my episode a day early uh, last week. Uh, so by the time that I had published and uh, sent it out into the ethos, uh, Dropkick Murphys and Rancid announced another tour, uh, which I the tickets hadn't been on sale for five minutes, and I bought tickets to go see them at Pops in Saugata, Illinois. I saw this tour in Chicago, and I, it was everything that I wanted as a child, uh, and I didn't didn't believe that I could have the opportunity to see that same tour twice. So uh, that that one came up. So, bought tickets to that. Uh, the Bouncing Souls, uh, Leftover Crack, and PQPQPQ are going on tour through the Midwest. They will be stopping in, in Indianapolis, which I will be also going to see. Uh, let's see here. Uh, Against Me and Baroness, uh, along with Drug, Drug Church, uh, announced a tour together as well. Uh, East Coast through the Midwest. Uh, so, if you live in either of those areas, I highly, highly recommend. Because, like, these tours... His tours are fucking stupid good. Like, all of them. Like, it's not just like, oh, hey, I like The Bouncing Souls, like, or PQPQPQ, or Leftover Crack, or Against Me or Baroness, or Drug Church, or anything like that. Like, these tours are fucking stacked. And if you get the chance, like, please don't fucking sleep on these. Um, and then uh, the last one is uh, Dead Bars got added to the Red, Red City Radio Spring Tour. And uh, you can probably catch me at a Northside Yacht Club in Cincinnati uh, checking out that show. Uh, so all of this, it also, and I'd be like, I'm not even talking about like Lagwagon, Real Big Fish, and uh, God damn, who else? Lagwagon, Real Big Fish. Oh, and Mast Intruder are going on tour together as well. And guys, this fucking spring is going to be dope. Like I usually, I usually wait for fucking fall. Because I don't know what what it is, what happened somewhere along the way. I was just always, I've always like lived under the guise of like, oh, fall is show season. Like that's just when it happens. Not this fucking year. Like this fucking year. Like it is falling in the spring, 
and you know usually usually in the fall like bands that i like are like touring down to fest or like uh, you know late summer like early september like whether they're going up to riot fest or something like that that's usually like my go-to time to see these bands but i don't know what's going on this spring guys but i am i am pumped i am not stoked for what my wallet will look like by the time it's all said and done but it's going to be a lot of fun and if anybody wants to tag along with me to any of these shows I have a small SUV and multiple seats and no confirmed anything. Aside from Dropkick Murphys and Rancid, I will be going to that with my little sister. Uh, so you can come with us and enjoy it. Uh, I'm taking two days off work, so let's have fun with that. Uh, with that said, let's uh, let's dig into let's dig into the album. Uh, like I said at the top of the episode, uh, today I'm talking about uh, Lucero's uh, 19. <laughs> eh. Eh. 1372 Overton Park. Uh, it is the band's sixth studio album, released in October of 2009. Technically, it's their seventh if you count the Attic Tapes, which is their first album. But if you listen to the Attic Tapes versus everything after that, the Attic Tapes definitely stands on its own. And as far as studio albums go, yes, it is technically their sixth. But I mean, never ever if if you choose or haven't like if you want to dig into Lucero like. Definitely start with the Attic Tapes and just roll through that discography. And we'll, you know, we'll, we'll talk more and more about, like, the band and some of their other songs as we keep going. Um, if you're not familiar with Lucero, uh, which something that I learned, like, through going through my research was, like, they are very, like, they are so sprawling. Like, and understandably so. Like, if you've ever listened to any, any of their albums, any of their songs, like, you can definitely, definitely see, like, the mass appeal, but they've never really broken through like in any certain way. Like they've always kind of just like flown under their own radar and like done their own thing. Uh, but a little bit of background on Lucero. Uh, the band started in 1998 in Memphis, Tennessee. Uh, they have since this, this was right on the ramp up to this was back in 2008. Uh, the band has been hailed as one of the hardest working bands in the last 10 years obviously things have changed like members have had kids stuff like that uh but lucero is an american country punk band based out of memphis uh to quote like one of the like just like one of the snippets that i was reading uh the band sound has been described as a synthesis of soul rock country and that is distinctly memphis and I say distinctly Memphis because the way that it was written was distinctly Memphisian. And I don't know if that's right. And I don't want to be super fucking disrespectful. Uh, so here I am being a little bit vulnerable. Like it's uh, Memphis I-A-N. So I don't know if it's Memphisian or Memphisian. So I just went with distinctly Memphis because I mean, not for nothing else, like if you've ever been to Memphis and like you ever just like crawled around the bars and shit like that, like you, you, you get it. Like you really do. Like this band is a crossbreed of everything. Like they, they are the intersection of the city and like what the city has to offer in like some of the best ways. Um, but even with the band, like having kids and stuff like that, uh, and you know, already having like this title under the belt of, uh, the hardest working band in the last 10 years back in 2008, like, this band is still fucking on the road. And I don't, 
I really don't know if it's because like I live in Indianapolis and I'm very, very lucky. I'm very, very fortunate to get to see Lucero a lot just because they are from Tennessee, whether they're touring up or going over this, that, or 12 other things. And they just, they just have always been, they, they, they keep coming around and call, call me spoiled, whatever you want. But like Lucero, like they, they tour a lot. Their date, their runs aren't nearly as long as they used to be. Um, but they still fucking hit the road hard. Um, with that said, uh, let's see here. Uh, in late 2008, the band announced a four album deal with Universal Music Group through the uni, uh, er, yeah, <laughs> through the Universal Music Group relationship. Uh, it was short lived because of outside factors. 1372 Overton Park was released uh, October 6, 2009 on Universal. This is the band's first album to feature horn, a horn section, and we'll get to that when we get to the Punk News uh, review. I didn't take a lot from the Punk News review, and I'll explain why later. Um, so Universal Music Group is a subsidy of Universal Records, so you're going to see, you see some bands, and you see some artists that you don't usually see, and you know, usually, like, I love getting into this part. I really, really do. Like, you know, just like digging into record labels and just like that band's on there, that band's on there, that band's on there. This is Universal Music Group, and you know I'm not I'm not gonna I'm not gonna short what I do. Like some bands that I took, and like you know being the conglomerate that Universal is, like they have a laundry list of bands and artists. Um, but the ones that I chose to say were just some that I like. Uh, so some bands you'll probably find on like the Universal Music Group uh, discography are going to be bands like AFI, Taylor Swift, The Weeknd, Cut Copy, Florence and the Machines, Ghost, and the Jonas Brothers. And that's not even scratching the fucking surface. Like I looked at this and like I was hoping like as I went through and like just read and read and read, like I went through every letter, every single thing. Like and I, like the, I opened up A and I was like, cool, fucking AFI. Like I like. Universal Music Group absorbed Island Records. Uh, so there's some artists that get lost in the cracks and stuff like that that don't necessarily live like under the same umbrella. It might have just been like re-releases or something like that. Um, but I know Island was a really, really, like a really prominent part of like some of the bands that I was listening to, especially in this time period. Uh, but because of like, you know, the acquisition and stuff like that, maybe they weren't billed. I don't know. I could I could have gone through Island and probably found like oh hey and figured it out eventually. Um, but there it's just so much. I mean, Island was a huge record label, and Universal Music Group is an even bigger label. And I mean, like, what is it? I think I saw like Jay Sean and let's see, yeah, Jonas Brothers. I don't you know what? I don't even like the Jonas Brothers. I think I threw them on there because I thought it was kind of fucking funny. Um, but I mean, it's just, even though Lucero didn't last with Universal Music Group, like that doesn't take away from like the fact that this, this album was released on this record label. And I think that partnership wasn't great, but for this band at this time, like trying, cause like Rebels, Rogues and Sworn Brothers, the album before that, uh, like sounded good, but 1372 Overton Park sounds fucking fantastic. There is so little information on this album, on this band. Like, it's 
basic like th- I, I hate saying it but based on what I was reading and like some of it's gonna be like pure feeling and stuff like that but based on what I was reading like Lucero really just comes off as like one of those like in common parlance of the times if you know you know like if you know Lucero then you know what it is like you you don't need a lot you don't need a lot of background like I gave you what they've been labeled as like I gave you like the album like I gave you when they started and like they're they're road dogs and this this is a band that has developed into the Lucero show um but uh to gain a little insight onto 1372 Overton Park there are some like uh, what's there's some lines that we need to cross and like not necessarily cross but like you know give you a little bit of background like there's a song on the album called mom uh it is the last song on the album and it is an acoustic like just ben nichols and if you listen to the song at the top of the episode and you've never heard lucero before then you completely understand what his voice sounds like and it is only it's gotten better with time like it really really has like the first time I heard Lucero was on Tennessee, and it might have been an acquired taste at the time, but once I heard Rebels, Rogues, and Sworn Brothers, I was like, okay, I'm, I, I'm in. Like, I really, really like this, but once the first, with Tennessee being, like, my introduction into the band, it might have taken a minute, but with, uh, with, uh, with Mom, uh, it totally holds a candle. Like, uh, the band close, usually closes their shows uh, with a song called The War. Uh, it's in the same, like, juncture, it's in the same wheelhouse, it's a very acoustic song, uh, Ben Nichols by himself, and, oh my god, it's fucking good, and I think that one's on Bike Riders, um, but, yeah, uh, but anyway, there's another song on the album called Sixes and Sevens that could totally, totally have made Rebels, Rogues, and Swarm Brothers, the album before. Uh, it's very upbeat. It's very, like, country twangy while still maintaining, like, that nice, like, drum drive. Uh, but it, this song also has horns on it, and that's kind of what sets it apart, and definitely why it ended up on 1372. And uh, there's also a song on this album called Darken My Door, which is is sad of a song up until this point that Lucero has ever written like my god and I mean that's that's just so indicative of this band like (laughs) Lucero can like make you want to rage and just party or they will break your heart and that's kind of what I got out of the punk news review as well um and it, it it's just this band like hits so many ebbs and so many flows and like no matter the mood that you're in like there is either an album, a song, or a lyric that you feel like you can emotionally attach to. <clears throat> and this this album in particular, like, did a fucking lot for me in a time that I really, really fucking needed it. Um, but with that said, punknews.org gave it four stars. And I took... It was... <laughs> it was a lot to, like, read and kind of digest. Like, it was a lot of, like personal experience like with the band and i mean like i'm not gonna read somebody else's personal experience and like personal thoughts when like i'm sitting here like giving you my personal experiences and personal thoughts uh what i will take away from 
what I did take away from the review was, uh, you know, it just rambles, 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 and then it polishes off. And I thought that the last like little tidbit, I thought it was one of the best parts of it, honestly, like you can say this album is what it is or like see them staying in their lane, their wheelhouse, like what have you, it doesn't fucking matter. Uh, the last paragraph goes on to say, four boys from Memphis have been writing songs woven into the American and emotional fabrics. No, no one is lost on their appeal. Uh, not the middle-aged man hearing their music for the first time, not the couple that realizes how happy they are together just by hearing Ben Nichols' voice, and not the college kids sitting at the bar alone. And that just, that little bit right there, like totally screams volumes like about what this band is and to like really, really does speak to their mass appeal. Like you just, you, you hear it, you get it, you understand. Like it's... It's a lot. It like sometimes it's a lot to take in. Like sometimes Lucero is not the band that you need to listen to, but sometimes Lucero is the band that you have to listen to. Whatever you're working through, this band has been there. Like they are there. Like they they are there for you. Like they really really are. And that's kind of kind of what I'm getting ready to dig into. I mean, this album came out right after my grandma was diagnosed with cancer in 2009 and i let's see uh we're in november december january february march april like literally almost almost the month like i will never ever forget like my dad like sitting my twin brother and i down with with our grandma and like she looked fine she was acting fine um but she had been diagnosed with terminal lung cancer and they gave her six months to live. And, you know, like, when you hear things like that, you're just like, what, you know, modern modern science, modern technology, it's fine. Like, we can, th- there's longer than six months. There wasn't longer than six months. <laughs> when she passed away, this album was so far in fucking rotation it got me through one of the hardest times because like I have living grandparents, but this was my dad's mom and it was my dad's only surviving uh, parent. Uh, so when she passed away, it wasn't easy on him or his sisters. And it definitely wasn't easy on my twin brother and I. And 1372 Overton Park got me through. Like, you know what? Give me fucking hell all you want because I lost a grandparent like I didn't lose my mom I didn't lose my dad but I lost one of my best fucking friends the last thing that she gave me was a handmade hotter than unholy hell drum throne cover that was white leopard print she made it herself she tailored it to my own throne and I sat on that thing until the wheels fucking fell off and it wasn't comfortable it wasn't even functional but I carried that thing with me on the road for so fucking long like I took I, I took it everywhere I took it absolutely everywhere until it until it all but caught fire and it wasn't a great time in my life. And I really, really tried to like get myself in a good headspace. And every single time that I needed to get just back to zero, I always, always gravitated towards 1372 Overton Park. And 
I don't even fucking know why. It's not like the happiest album in the fucking world. Like it it just it speaks to it speaks to a very very grounded view. Like you listen to this album and like you hear these lyrics and like you hear Ben Nichols' voice and like yeah, there are songs where like the horns are going, like you're tapping your toes and stamping your fingers, but as soon as you catch that vibe, like you get immediately brought back down to reality and you're just like these are very very real subjects. These are very real subjects. Whether whether it's a love song, whether it's a song about your mom, and that song mom, like that one really fucked me up especially because it was, you know, it was my it was my grandma, like she she was a mom. And it I listened to it so fucking much. Like especially the back half of the album. Like talk about dark in my door. Like the front half of the album is great. The album starts with a song called Smoke. And it just it it sets a great tone for the album like it's very very middle of the road it i would say if anything was going to be a single that was going to be a breakthrough for them especially like recording with universal music group it was going to be smoke but it wasn't uh, i think they tried a little bit harder with their album after this called women and work and we'll talk about that in a second well it just it's a whole fucking thing uh but on the ramp up to this album like everybody was really worried because it had been quite a few years between Rebels, Rogues, and Swarm Brothers in 1372 Overton Park. And in that time, like, Lucero had been signed to Universal Record Music Group, and Ben Nichols had also been on a faux reality show on MTV called $5 to Get In. So I think, every, like, there were very, very, like, few whispers of, like, knocking around just like, sell out, sell out. So nobody really, ex- like, knew what to expect when, like, whether, like, nobody even knew what the first single was going to sound like. It's just like, oh, okay, well, these guys are, they're, they're done. Like, they're, they're not, they're not, they're not going to play to anybody. Like, they're not going to play to the fans or anything like that. But then 1372 Overton comes out. And if you ask me, it's, it's fanfare with better production. And like, like I said, this is the first album where the band has horns. And it adds a lot. It adds a whole other dimension to this band. Like, yeah, like the country and stuff like that. It's it's always been there. But like when you hear like the accordion and the horns or like, you know, just the swinging piano on some songs, like they've all they've always had like the piano and stuff like that. But adding the horns and adding the accordion, like it, it adds another depth to this band that gives the songs just it makes them punch that much fucking harder. And the the production is through the roof and like it, this is one of those things like because of like the person that i am and the research that i do i wasn't able to find a ton like shit man like the album liner no- album liner notes are next to nothing like and i'm sh- i i almost guarantee you like even if even if i was able to like find everything that i wanted to like it would be personally just like ugh, i don't I don't know that guy. It it would be, I almost assume that it would be about as depressing as when I found out that a funk and soul album or a funk and soul artist, uh, Leon Bridges, when he released his album, good things and it sucked. And I'm still to this day calling it a sophomore slump because coming home was fantastic. I would be just as disappointed when I found out that the guy who had produced Rob Thomas from Matchbox 20 and CeeLo Green produced 
that f produce good things. Like, Good Things is not a good album for me, and especially, like, Leon Bridges, who had recorded this, like, really, really throwback, like, beautiful fucking album, and then releases Good Things. And I understand that Good Things got very, very popular. Uh, I, good for him. Honestly, good for him. Like, I, <laughs> that doesn't mean that I like it, I especially don't like it once I do like the CeeLo Green and Rob Thomas shit. Uh, but that's what you get when uh, you spend 40 hours a week at a record store and you're just like, eh, I got nothing to do. Who produced this fucking album? And then you dig in and you're just like, fuck, God damn it. All right, well, yeah, we'll cross that bridge when we get there. Um, but yeah, I'm still looking forward to Leon Bridges' next record and I hope that it's a return to form. Um, so... I've seen Lucero quite a few times. Like, honestly, I, I fucking lose track, uh, at this point. I, I really don't know, like, because they do cut, like, I definitely saw Ben Nichols on the bike riders tour, uh, a few years ago, three, three years ago, I saw him on the bike riders tour, which is great. And if you don't know anything about it, uh, every summer Ben Nichols and Oliver Peck, uh, get on their motorcycles and tour the country with guitars and they play music venues along the way here in Indianapolis. They usually play the hi-fi. I didn't get to see them this last time that they played, but I was, I was actually lucky enough to meet Oliver Peck, uh, because I was actually getting tattooed at the tattoo shop that I go to and Oliver Peck just walked in and they, he had already like booked appointments and God damn, he was nice. He was just as nice the second time meeting him as he was the first time I met him. I was just, the first time the Bike Riders Tour came through, uh, I was watching Ben Nichols and this guy who I did not know aside from like, you know, tattoo fame and, you know, reality television, uh, just comes up to me, like pats me on the back. He's like, man, how fucking good is this? And I'm just like, this is so good. This is so good. Can I buy you a drink? And he's like, I don't drink, but you can buy me a Coke. And I was like, I will absolutely buy you a fucking Coke. Like for me in that moment, that was a lot of fucking fun. Uh, so if you ever get the chance, like it's a very, very intimate show, uh, but it's also an experience. Like it's, it's just, it's cool. Like it's not Lucero, uh, but Ben Nichols has a solo album. Uh, and if you've ever listened to that, he plays a lot of shit off that and he does some covers and things like that. It's a, it's a more intimate experience with one of my favorite singer songwriters. So like anytime the bike riders tour comes, if I can go, I absolutely do. And if you can go, you absolutely should. Uh, but as far as like the band as a whole, like <laughs> shit, I, th one time I fucking, there was this band called the beat. And at the point, at that point in time, they were they they had like a really big song like on some like Hyundai commercial or some shit but like Miller Lite had sponsored a free show in Cincinnati at Bogarts and it all you had to do was RSVP and <laughs> I found out did not tell my girlfriend at the time uh because the show fell on her birthday and on her birthday I was like hey did you take today off she's like yeah I took today off I was like cool I got us tickets to go see Lucero. And she was like, what? I was like, yeah, they're playing, they're playing in Cincinnati. Like we can go see your dad because her dad lived in Cincinnati. I was like, we, we can go to this show, have, have dinner with him, like do the whole thing, like whatever you want. She's like, oh my God, that's so thoughtful. To this day, I have never, ever told her that those tickets were fucking free. <laughs> um, but the show was fun. 
it was a lot of fun. Uh, I got a, I got to beat Mary, Barry, the and Mike Venable. Like they were just hanging out in the crowd uh, while the beat was playing. And like I think that was the first time I'd ever met anybody in the band. Uh, so that like that really set the tone for like the rest of my time seeing them. Uh, another time that I saw them was uh, when I was fucking dating a girl that was far four years older than me and a senior at IU and lived in a dorm. So that was fucking weird. Uh, but also Bloomington was weird as fuck to me and just super foreign. Like I live, live, have lived in Indianapolis for so long. Like I go to this college town and like the first time I went to Bloomington, I thought that they were lying about 25 cent PBRs. I was like, okay, but like how much to get that? And they're like, no, 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 no. It's just 25 cents. And I was just like, everybody's poor here. Right. I get it. I'm in. But they were, uh, it might have been like their second or third night of tour. And uh, they were playing at a venue called The Bluebird. And prior to that show, um, I, the girl that I was dating, like I, like I said, I've worked in coffee for so fucking long. And like, I was still very, very early in. Uh, but I was complaining about my back. And she was like, oh yeah, there's a guy that goes to like the massage school and he'll do it for like 15 bucks. And I paid for you to get one done. And I was like, awesome. So I go, we go to his house and I'm just like, okay, cool. But this can't take too fucking long because I don't want to fucking miss Lucera. And like being the band that they are, there was one opener and then them the rest of the fucking night. I was like, this can't take too fucking long. And the guy, like, I was, like, high anxiety, high stress. And, like, this kid's in fucking basketball shorts and a tank top. And he's, like, get undressed to as comfortable as you are. I took my fucking shirt off. And he was, like, is that it? I was, like, that's all I'm doing, man. So he does the thing. I, I do feel better. And uh, he was, like, hey, are you, like, you were talking about, like, going to the show. Like, are you drinking tonight? I was, like, yeah, I'm fucking drinking tonight. Like, why? He was, like, you might just want to go a little easy, like, just because like your body, your body's going to, you're going to find that your body's like relaxed. It's going to process sugars a little bit differently. Like, you know, maybe just don't do what you normally do. And I'm just like, ah, fuck this guy. Like I'm older than, I'm older than him. I know how my body works. Like I worked in the bar industry. I know what I can handle. I had two Long Islands and threw up in the bathroom. Uh, so that was fun. And also very indicative of the next time that I saw Lucero, uh, which was, uh, when they opened up for Dropkick Murphys in Chicago, and I had bought my, I had bought a double Jameson and Coke, and that was all I was going to drink. And then my brother got excited about the opening band and knocked the drink out of my hand. And some stranger that was very tall next to me, uh, with a trilby and a goatee, was just like, "Hey man, you smoke weed?" I was like, "Yeah, absolutely." Uh, gave me this little strip of paper and I thought it might have just been like, you know, liquid THC on paper or something like that. He's like, go, go run some warm water under your mouth and uh, you should be good by the time uh, Lucero goes on. I'm just like, cool. Yeah, no problem. Uh, I didn't know it was acid. Uh, So Lucero goes on and I just start having a full blown fucking panic attack because I find like, I think I talked to my brother or my sister, somebody, but somebody realized like that I did not take like, it was not liquid THC. It was acid. And this was my first fucking time. Uh, I ran to the bathroom and had like called my girlfriend. I was like, Hey, I think I fucking took acid for the first time. And she was like, calm down, calm down, try to enjoy it. 
it's not as it it's a lot right now, but you'll be fine. I started off the show with a uh, vest, a dress shirt, and a tie. And by the time Lucero was done playing, uh, I had lost the vest and the tie. And my brother and my sister were just like, hey, Ben Nichols wants to meet you. And I'm just like, I don't want to fucking talk to him. Uh, then I like ran away, like stood in a corner for about 15 to 20 minutes. Dropkick Murphys go on. They start playing their first album, unannounced cover to cover. I go into the middle of the circle pit, throw up on the prettiest girl in there, apologize, take my shirt off, and uh, laugh the whole way home, yelled at, a hum- yelled at a homeless person, laughed the whole way home, and got home and talked to my girlfriend for three and a half hours uh, while she was asleep. So that was fucking dope. I don't know what it is. Like, when I... <laughs> I've had two instances where I've seen Lucero on acid. The first time was unintended. The second time was. The second time was much, much better. The band hit differently. It. I'm not. I'm not sitting here just being like, oh, I've expi- I've expanded my mind through ska and country punk, because I spent a day at Riot Fest on acid. No, it just hit a lot differently, and I felt like I understood it more. And when they played the songs from 1372 Overton Park, I fucking cried. Uh, but. There were so many people there, it didn't even fucking matter. Plus, I was double fisting box wine that day. So I think it was just kind of like, oh, that guy's just double fisting box wine. That's what you do when you watch Lucero. Like, yeah, no, it just, it hit a lot differently and I understood it a lot more. And I took it to heart a lot more and like really, really internalized it. But I mean, like Lucero has been one of those bands that has been with me for so, through so many things like through the good times through the bad times through almost every fucking breakup through some of the worst parts of my life like my my fucking apartment burnt down uh because i had some meth head neighbors that went to go see a movie and left their stove on and i lost everything like almost every fucking material possession that i had my it was just it it was it was all gone it was engulfed in, it was engulfed in smoke or caught on fire like there was a padlock on my door and I wasn't allowed to go into my apartment. And the next, like, I think it was two days away from like my 20, 23rd, 24th birthday, some shit like that. I had nothing, but I had a little bit of money. And I went to the record store down the street from my twin brother's place at the time. And I bought Women and Work, the album that came out right after 1372 Overton Drive. Because if there was anything that was going to fucking help me in that fucking moment, it was going to be another Lucero record that had just fucking come out. And I know that this has been like kind of stream of consciousness and like this, that, and 12 other things. 1372, 1372 Overton Park is a fucking incredible album. Like, especially like if you just want to start digging into this band, like it is, it is a lot of fucking fun. It's fun. Like it's a really, really easy listen. Like it's not a hard listen. It's really well produced. It's toe tapping. It's thoughtful. And when you listen to it, it's just like the realism value gets better and better and better with time. And I can't, I can't stress this album enough. Like Lucero is a staple. Like Lucero is not just a staple. Lucero is a fucking institution and they are a fucking institution for a reason. Like at this juncture in their career, it is just, it's the Lucero show. Like they're, they're like, they don't need, they don't need an opener. This is a band that can go on and play for two hours and no one's going to fucking complain at fucking all because Ben Nichols and the rest of the fucking band totally hold their own. They are always fucking tight and they are always fucking fun. Like even, even on like some of the lowest, like lowest impact shows, that I've seen them, like whether they're, whether they're the first band or something like that, 
this band always fucking delivers. Like, the show is always awesome. Like, and like, the, you know, take take away like the, the acid trips and shit like that. Like, I, I've seen these, like, you know, they're throwing up after like two fucking Long Islands. Like, take away all of that. I've seen this band so many times. Like, just completely fine. And I'm never, ever fucking disappointed. They're always fucking fun. And they're it just, it's, they are one of those bands that you could pick up any fucking album and it's a good place to start. Like it really, really is. But if you're not like super familiar with the band's discography or what they are as a whole, and like you want to push forward into more modern things, I would absolutely recommend starting with 1372 Overton Park. They released an album two years ago called Among the Ghost. And even though I personally believe uh, that everybody in the band is kind of like at their happiest personally, uh, or like in their like, you know, personal lives, like with kids and things like that, and like success, like, the, you know, thriving on the success of the band, uh, it is one of their darkest fucking albums. And uh, fuck, it just... It, it 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 hits it hits a lot differently like as you listen to it um and not 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 in a bad way at fucking all um if i if you if you enjoy 1372 overton park uh for the lonely ones which is the last song on among the ghost is a good place to start on that one uh and uh instead of i i need one correction Instead of the album Bike Riders, uh, which has The War, uh, that album is called Nobody's Darlings. I'm sorry I had a lapse, but I was also like kind of kind of just going, going, going. Uh, so please, please forgive me uh, and don't just scream at your phone or your radio or your headphones or your animal uh, because I got one thing wrong, but I'm correcting it now. Uh, that said, uh, I think I'm... I think I'm going to call it quits, uh, for today. Um, this one, this one took a lot out of me, uh, just because, uh, I have like a really, really heavy, really heavy attachment to this album. Uh, and I, I, if you want to, if you want to find me in fucking person and talk about this album, we can play it and I will scream in your fucking face until it's over. And probably 45 minutes after I fucking love 1372 Everton Park for what it is. It was one, it was the first album by this band that I latched onto. And I, I love it. I absolutely love it. It's, it's perfect for whatever mood you're in. There's a song for you. And for whatever place you are in your life, there is something on this album that you can find yourself just like going, yep, yep. All right. Yep. I get it. I get it. Yep. Give this album a listen. Again, this is this is one of those albums that I have on several platforms. So, like, if you if you know me, if you want a copy of this album, let me know. I will want it back. Uh, if you listen to it, if you like it, let me know. I have more albums of theirs to listen to. If you need any suggestions on another like jumping off point uh, as far as Lucero after thirteen seventy two, please reach out. This is a great band. This is a great album. Thank you so much. As always, I'm here. I'm available. I would love to hear your voices. Give them hell. Thank you so much for listening today. I'm going to go back and I really hope that this landed uh, 
about as well as I thought it would. Um, if it didn't, I don't, I, I feel, I, guy got really fucking vulnerable today and, uh, I don't do that very often. There, there aren't too many albums. Like it, it might be too early, uh, in this run of doing this podcast, of doing this album, but quite frankly, I don't give a shit. Like, I, I, it, there was so little information. Like I was just rolling off personal experiences at, at, at one given point in time. Like I, why, why wouldn't I want to tell you like how this band has made me feel over the years? Like that's, that's what we're fucking talking about anyway. Like how, how music makes you feel. So next week, I think I have a really, I, I think I have a really good one. Uh, we are, I think, yeah, shit. Yeah. We're going to. Yeah. Yeah, we're going to go to Oregon. Yeah. Yeah, we're going to go to Oregon and uh, talk about a three-piece pop-punk band that is one of the tightest fucking bands I've ever heard. And uh, one of the, like, bare, most bare minimum drum kits I've ever seen. Uh, next week, stay tuned. It's it's going to be a lot of fun. I, I'm really, really, really looking forward to it. So, I'm here. I'm available. Thank you so much. Give them hell.